Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. What if you retired 20 years ago at the beginning of this century? You got a gold watch. You had a nice nest egg. And in the first three years, the stock market had gone down in value by 49%. Well, that might have caused you to start asking every retiree's most hated question, would you like fries with that? Well, we don't want you to retire and then have to go back to work. Instead, we want to help you stay retired. So listen carefully to the truths about to be revealed on this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm Barry Watts, your host, along with my co-host, Eric Burleson. And today we're going to continue focusing on retirement by talking about one simple thing that most people don't know anything about, don't know that they can do anything about it, but that can actually devastate their retirement. It's something called sequence of returns risks. Now that sounds like something for which you might need to take an antibiotic. Yes, we have to call Dr. Fauci on this. I don't know. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about how you might catch the disease, so to speak. And while there's not really a pill you can take, there are things you can do to protect yourself from getting caught in the clutches of a deadly sequence of returns. So the first thing we need to do is understand what we're talking about. Imagine you're earning 5% per year on your investments. Now, there are two ways that you can earn 5% per year on average. You could earn 5% in year one, 5% in year two, 5% in year three. That would be a 5% annual average. Now, there's another way that you could earn 5% on average. You could earn 5% in the first year. You could earn 0% in the next year. You could lose 5% in the third year. And you could make 20% in the fourth year. That's also a 5% per year average. But if you were making withdrawals from your account to live on because you've retired, let's say you were withdrawing 5% per year. Well, in the first scenario, if you're earning 5%, 5%, 5% every year, at the end of three years, you'd still have all your principal. But in the second scenario, well, let's just do the math for a moment. Imagine you started with $100, and in the first year, you make 5% and you withdraw 5%. So at the end of that year, you still have $100. Now, in the second year, you make $0, and you withdraw 5%. So at the end of the year, you have $95. Now, in the third year, you lose 5%. Remember, you started the year with $95. So when you lose 5%, that's $4.75. This is where the math gets a little harder. So now you'd only have $90.25 at the end of the third year, but you're going to withdraw another 5%. So you'd end the year with $85.25. So now you're three years in and 15% of all you've saved during all your working years has disappeared. You're beginning to see how the sequence of returns can hurt you. 
And in the fourth year, you're going to make 20%, but you're only starting with $85. 20% of that would be $17. So you're going to make $17, but you're going to take 5% out in income. So there goes that 5%. You started with 85, you subtract five, then add 17 to it. And you're back at 97% of your money, but you've lost 3% of your principal, even though you've averaged 5% per year. And that's the kicker. Here, what I said, you have averaged 5% per year. Who wouldn't be in favor of that? Everybody loves that idea. But you've lost 3% of your principal earning 5% per year. Now, how is that possible? Well, it's because of what's called sequence of returns risk. When you are making withdrawals and you have a 0% earning year or a negative year, your withdrawal eats up principal. If you make that withdrawal during a period of a significant bear market like we had in 2000, when the market lost 10%, and 2001, when the market lost 13%, and 2002, when the market lost 23%, at the end of three years, you'd only have 51% of your principal left. And even if the market then returned positive, like it did in 2003, still, when you get a decade or so into your retirement, you're going to be out of money. That's the danger of the sequence of returns risk, so that you have to turn around maybe 10 years into retirement and find a job, at least a part-time job, if not full-time. And do you really want to be working in your 70s? That's the question, Eric. Yeah. So to me, I see this as the reverse of dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when people are, say, plugging money into their 401k, they don't realize that they're gaining the benefit of when they have those down years. They're that while they're putting in the same amount of money into their 401k each paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. When the when the market drops, they're getting a better buy. In other words, they're buying at discount the, right. the, the stocks that they're buying at as as to what they were purchasing that uh, before. So, so there's an advantage. You you're you're able able to take advantage of or benefit from the fact that the market was down while you were putting money in every month. Exactly. The the term for that is dollar cost averaging. However, when you're retired, it's the reverse. Yeah. So when the market goes down 40% or 50%, you're you're taking the amount that you're taking out is actually it's almost in essence you're taking out double the amount of stocks to achieve the same goal. Maybe we could invent a new term in the investment lexicon and people will suddenly attribute it to us. Could we call it dollar loss averaging? There you go. Uh, dollar um, averaging loss. I don't know. We'll check on Investopedia and see <laughs> if they'll add your name and mine to this concept. Because you're absolutely right. If you're putting money in and the market goes down, you actually just get to buy at a cheaper rate and it benefits you long term. But if you are taking money out, which is what you do when you retire, and the market goes down while you're taking money out, it's just magnifying the amount of money that's being withdrawn from your account every year. And to help us get our brains around how this works even a little more deeply, let's take the performance of the S&P 500 over the past 20 years. And we're going to compare what happens if year one of a 20-year period was like 2000, and if year two was 2001, year three was 2003. So we're going to just do the past 20 years starting like that and assign the return to each of those years based on what happened in those calendar years. And then what we're going to do after that is we're going to flip it upside down. So in year one, we're going to use the 2019 return. And in year two, we're going to use the 2018 return. In year three, we're going to use the 2017 return. We're going to invert the returns. If we did that, 
Have I confused you yet? I'm afraid so. Uh, maybe I'll go back and say it again. Uh, not quite. All right. I hope you're with yeah. me. So if we did that, here's what would happen. If we had two couples who retired with a half million dollars in their account and they began withdrawing 5% per year. And if the first couple retired at the beginning of a negative market, so in the first three years, they had negative returns like we had in 2000, 2001, and 2003, total of 51% lost in the market in those three years. They would have totally run out of money in their account by the 13th year of retirement. They haven't made it to 80 years old and they're broke. There's nothing left to live on but Social Security. But let's take the other couple who retired with the exact same amount of money and made the exact same amount of withdrawals, but they retired during a time of a positive stock market. So in year one, they got the return from 2019. In year two, they got the return from 2018. Year three, they got the return of 2017. If you'll think about what's happening, those negative years are being delayed to the very end of their retirement. In this case, at the end of 13 years, when the first couple is out of money, this second couple, because they retired in a positive market, has over a million dollars in their account. And at the end of 20 years, they still have just a few thousand dollars less than a million dollars in their account. So now, Eric, I want you to put on your thinking cap and study this out. Use some of that higher math that you learned getting your MBA. Which is better, <laughs> to run out of money in 13 years or to have double your original principal amount in 13 years? Well, I'm not a rocket scientist, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express, but obviously running out of money is bad, and having twice as much as you started with in 20 years is great. But I don't know whether I'm retiring. How do you, how do you know if somebody is going to be retiring in the beginning of a downturn or in the beginning of a bull market? Well, that's easy. Let me get my crystal ball. <laughs> oh, I'm not getting any vibes from my crystal ball. I guess I don't know whether you're retiring into a positive market or a negative market. And you don't know either because you cannot know you cannot possibly know, then that's why you must use tools like income ladders and principal protection programs and annuities and risk minimization strategies that reduce the overall volatility in your investment portfolio. We have to bring all these tools to bear in order to deal with the fact that our crystal ball is broken and we can't predict the future. Okay, so let's dig deeper. We'll start with, to explain some of those, let's start with the income ladder. What, which, what is that? All right, well, this is fairly simple. Let's say you retire with a million dollars, okay? And let's assume that you're going to need to withdraw $50,000 a year, 5%. So the first thing we might do is set aside five years worth of money. That's going to be $250,000. And when we set that money aside, we're going to put that money into five different containers. Now, you might think of it as five different rungs on the ladder. There would be 50000 that was going to mature in one year, 50000 that's going to mature in two years, 50000 that's going to mature in three, in four, and in five years. So every year we have $50,000 maturing. That's the money that you're going to take out and spend to live on. That's what an income ladder is called. Now, you would invest that money very conservatively. It's not going to earn very much because you want to be guaranteed not to lose any of that principal. You're going to live on that money, and you'll earn a modest amount on that first five years of money. If we have negative market returns in those first five years, it won't affect your first five years worth of income. That is called an income ladder. 
So what about the rest of the money, the, the other 75%? Well, obviously, that 75% has been set aside for future years, years of six and beyond. And the way we might do it, uh, we do it in different ways depending on a person's need. But we might set aside the second five years worth of money, let's call it for years six through 10, into a strategy that would ensure your principal and give you a rate of return tied to a stock market. We might even use an indexed annuity to do something like that if it were appropriate. So you might get a return of four or five or 6% per year, perhaps, and your principal would grow a bit to help keep up with inflation. So we took the first 250,000, we put it in a five-year ladder. We took the next 250,000 and we tucked that into the year six through 10 income bucket. We've still got 50% of the money left. Now, we're not going to touch any of this money until at, ye at least year 11, and that's a long time away. So this is our long-term money. We don't know what the stock market's going to do during that 11 years, and even if we did know what it had done in the previous 11 years, past performance is never any guarantee of future results. But historically, over the decades, most of them in the past, the stock market has produced a positive return over decades. In fact, if you went all the way back and looked at all the 10-year periods going back to 1930, over 90% of those periods have been positive. I'm saying when I talk about a 10-year period, I'm talking about a rolling 10 years, like 1930 to 1939, that's 10 years. 1931 to 1940 is 10 years. 1932 to 1941 is 10 years. That's what's called rolling 10-year periods. And 90% of the rolling 10-year periods, dating all the way really back to the Great Depression, the stock market has produced a positive return. And so because of that, we're going to be hopeful that that last 50% of our money then will produce a positive return for us invested for 11 years and beyond. And with that money, we're going to use risk minimization strategies that are designed that so they historically have had positive returns, but they've been protected to the maximum degree possible from negative years. And that's how we manage the risk of sequence of return. Yes, this is a big deal because it really could destroy your retirement if you get the wrong sequence of return and retire into a negative market. But breaking your retirement nest egg into those three different segments, I can see how that allows you to protect the early years of income while also giving you the rest of your money opportunity to grow over time. Well, that's exactly the point, Eric. Your money has to grow over time to deal with inflation, which is now becoming a thing in our economy, hasn't been for almost a generation. And so when you say that you understand how this provides you money and income for now, while setting aside money to grow for the future, I would say you've listened and you've learned well, and hopefully our listeners have too. And so here's what I hope they'll do. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I hope you'll go to the bottom of your podcast feed and click on the button that says subscribe so that every time we release a new podcast episode, you'll get that information. And secondly, if this has been helpful to you, I hope that you'll share the podcast with someone else that you care about, because what we're trying to do is communicate information that makes a difference in people's lives that they can use in planning their own retirement. And thirdly, if you understand the danger that a negative sequence of returns can produce in your retirement and you want help in protecting yourself against that, then I hope you'll reach out and we'll be happy to teach you how to build your own personal income ladder, how to protect your principal and even refer you to an investment advisory firm that can help you to execute the long-term parts of the strategy. So just go to our website, savingyoutaxes.com. You'll find a phone number and a contact information form that'll allow you to reach out to us and connect with us and and we'll be glad to be of help and assistance to you.
On behalf of SavingYouTaxes.com and the truth about taxes and retirement podcast, thanks so much for listening today. I'm your host, Barry Watts, reminding you this time that you can get the taxes right and the risk right and the fees right. But if you don't protect yourself from a negative sequence of returns, it can destroy your retirement. And we want to help protect you from that. So reach out to us at SavingYouTaxes.com and we'll do everything we can to help. We'll see you soon again on the next edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. You've been listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement with Barry Watts and Eric Burleson. Here's all the legal and regulatory stuff we need to remind you of. This information is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Should not be relied on as personal investment advice. Consult with your own advisors to design a plan that fits your specific situation. And remember that all investment involves risk and past performance does not guarantee future results. The past is prologue. It takes a big dog to weigh a ton. You should never accept any wooden nickels. Always obey your mother and finally... Please always wear clean underwear in case you are in an accident.